Okay, well, let's get into our word this morning. Uh, as you would know, if you've been tracking with us, we've been doing a series on the topic of wisdom, and it's a series that we, we planned months ago, but um, we've come to find that with the whole outbreak of this coronavirus thing, that the topics that we're covering could not have been uh, better planned or more relevant than to talk about wisdom in this time. And uh, so this message today will be the last message in the series. It's also, as has been mentioned, uh, Palm Sunday. And so I was kind of torn, do I preach wisdom? Do I preach Palm Sunday? So I'm going to start with wisdom and then I'm going to pivot. That's one for Dave. I'm going to pivot towards uh, Palm Sunday just at the end as we finish. But there's one more message on wisdom that I just think is so important to preach this morning. And that is to look at Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and a message that I'm calling Wisdom for Seasons. So um, let's, uh, let's open up this word and let's get into it. And we're going to read Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 1 to 8. Incredible words here. There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to scatter stones and a time to gather them. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to search and a time to give up. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to mend. A time to be silent and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. Now, uh, if you were living in the 60s, which I certainly wasn't, uh, you would know, you may have heard of since then, there's a pretty famous song by a band called The Birds called Turn, Turn, Turn. And uh, they basically grabbed the lyrics of this song and uh, they wrote this song in 1965, but the lyrics from this song were, were written 2,700 years ago. And they put them in the song and you may have heard of that. If you weren't around in the 60s, you may have been around in the time of Forrest Gump. And this was on the Forrest Gump soundtrack. The reason I know that is because my wife told me in her old car, Holden Gemini, beautiful car, she had a cassette player. She only had one cassette and so she listened to... Uh, the Forrest Gump soundtrack over and over and over. And, I, and she, when I mentioned this song, she's like, oh, that was on the soundtrack. I was like, did you know it was from the Bible? She was like, no, I did not. So there you go. Turn, turn, turn. There is a season. Turn, turn, turn. And a time for every purpose under the heaven. I won't try and sing it for you. But uh, that song was not written by the birds. It was written by King Solomon, traditionally understood to be written by King Solomon who was the son of King David and the third king of Israel. And he writes Ecclesiastes, as I mentioned two weeks ago, as an old man in his old age, reflecting in his wisdom upon all that has happened in his life. He's looking back and trying to make sense of life. And one of the things that he writes here and identifies is that life has its seasons. Life has its times and there's all these different times that come and go. And that's what happens and occurs for all of us in life. Now, uh, we all have a different season. We all all have our favourite seasons. I don't know what your favourite seasons are. I've got about seven people in the room. I like to ask questions. So anyone want to call out a season who's in the room? Summer, 
autumn, summer, summer, winter. Okay, I'm going to let that one go. Summer is the best season. Summer is my favourite season. Uh, The reason I love summer is because it's hot, because you can go swimming, you can go to the beach, uh, you can have barbecues outside, there's cricket on, Christmas happens, summer holidays happen. Summer is the best. I mean, it's officially the best. I think you've got to agree. Uh, Some people like winter. Uh, Laura over there has put up her vote for winter, which I can't quite believe. Uh, winter is cold, it's wet, it's dark. I, I can't understand that at all. But we all have our different seasons. Um, but not only do we go through seasons each year, life has its seasons. Life has its seasons. And we are in a season right now. Uh, we're in a season that we've never been in before. None of us have been through a time like this. A time when we are spending more time at home. A time when we're facing many of us unique challenges um, and we're missing things I'm missing things I'm missing simple things I'm missing non-spiritual things as well as spiritual things I'm missing football let's be honest I'm missing my son's football yesterday was meant to be his first game and I'm the assistant coach uh, otherwise known as the official uh, mover of the cones at training Um, but I wasn't there and I love that I love seeing the kids run onto the field I love watching it, and I'm missing that. And you're missing things, probably bigger and more important things than that. But there's really significant things in our life that we're missing, that we're struggling with, and that we're challenged by. So this morning, I want to give you four things. Four things to draw on to sustain you through this season. If you're asking, how am I going to get through this season? If you're hearing the news that this season isn't probably going to be over in weeks, but months that we're going to be in this kind of uh, semi-lockdown mode. How are we going to get through this season? Let me give you four things out of God's Word that I think will help sustain you through this and through all seasons. The first thing I want to say is this, that we need to accept the season. We need to accept the season, and that can be hard to do. I don't know if you know, there's some people who find it hard to accept the seasons in terms of the clothing they wear related to the season that it is. Maybe you can tag that into the Facebook or something. There's people who, who wear uh, summer clothes and, and like to think it's summer even though it's winter. My son is one of those people. It'll be three degrees outside, three degrees in the morning in the middle of winter. He'll walk downstairs for school and he's wearing shorts and t-shirt. I'm like, mate, it's three degrees outside. And he's like, yeah, it's shorts and t-shirt weather. <laughs> I can't explain that. Um, Sometimes we don't want to maybe face or accept the season that we are in. And that is true for us as people. That is true for us sometimes as churches. But it's foolish. It's foolish if we can't make peace and actually go, yeah, this is the season I'm in. And therefore, it's okay because different seasons come. Let me give you some examples of that. There's times when it is time to laugh, but there's also times when it's time to weep and that's okay it's it's foolish if it's a time to weep and you you kind of want to think that well I've got to be up and I've got to be positive and I've got to be happy and I've got to be laughing there's times when it's okay to weep it's the right thing to do there's times when uh, when it's time to speak to speak and there's times when it's time to be silent but there's times when it's time to be silent when some people just want to keep talking and they're not willing to be silent and listen and learn There's other times when it's right to speak, but people don't have the courage to speak in those times. Well, you've got to know when it's time to be silent and when it's time to speak. There's wisdom in that. 
There's times when it's, here's a funny one, there's times when it's time to scatter stones and time to gather stones. You might find that an intriguing one. I just think that's a, a metaphor for when it's time to gather and when it's time to scatter. You know, as a church, um, and our journey over the past eight years, the first kind of four years of my ministry felt like a time to gather, and we gathered and we grew, but then we realized, you know what, it's time to scatter. And we went and planted something and scattered a group of people into a different part of the hills. And not only that, we actually scattered a whole lot of missionaries and people into different parts of the world, and we sent them off with our blessing because there's time to gather and there's time to scatter. Let me give you a last one. There's times to plant and there's time to uproot. Sometimes in, in life we plant something, but then we're unwilling to uproot it when it's actually time to do that. We can do that uh, with a ministry in our church that we plant and it's thriving and then it loses all its vitality and purpose and meaning, but we think, no, we can't uproot it because it's just got to stay there. Well, maybe it's time to uproot. Sometimes we start a business. Sometimes we move into an area and we've been there for a time. We've got to know, well, is it time to stay planted or is it time to uproot? There's wisdom in knowing what the season is. Let me give you one last one. This is a big one. Sometimes it's time to be born and sometimes it's a time of dying. And we all love the time of birth. We all celebrate that. But I've journeyed with many families through times when someone is in a season of dying in that family. That's a very difficult season. But I've seen some families do that well and I've seen some families do that really badly. Some families can't accept that that's the season. And so they sort of live in denial. And that season ends up being very, very difficult. But other families, knowing how difficult it is and not minimising the difficulty, are able to accept this is the season. And so they journey through that season with great sensitivity and beauty, even though it's tough. There is a season for every activity under heaven, and there is a wisdom in accepting the season. Just a year or two ago, I went to a conference, and I was uh, up in Brisbane, and I heard a speaker share about his journey, and he used this very passage, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, to chart the seasons of his life in ministry. And he was a guy who had been sort of highly respected, just a great hero of faith, and, and a man who had been very, in a sense, successful in ministry. But he shared about his seasons. He shared not just the good seasons. He shared that there'd also been many difficult seasons. And as he shared that, I was, I was deeply moved and God spoke to me. He said to me, Mark, you know what? It's not just about leading through good seasons. It's not about needing every season in your ministry to be a, a good season, every season in your life to be a good season. That's not what I'm asking from you. What I'm asking from you is that you be faithful in whatever season you are faced with. Faithful in whatever season you are faced with. That you trust me in whatever season. That you honour me in whatever season. That you give me glory in whatever season. That you keep looking to me in whatever season. It's not just about, because I'm someone who kind of always wants it to be summer, both physically and metaphorically. I want it to be summer and when it's winter I'm grumbly and I'm trying to push through. I'm like, come on, let's bring summer. And I can be a little bit like that with my life. I want it to be the good seasons and I'm, I'm worried and stressed if it's the bad season. And God said to me on that night as I listened to that man share his story, Mark, be faithful in whatever season. Maybe you need to hear that this morning. Life's not just about chasing the good seasons. It's about being faithful in all seasons. Once you can accept the season you are in,
then you open the door for God to be able to minister to you. Here's number, point number two. Point number two is, uh, and this is a phrase I, I heard this week and, and, and stole from a friend of mine, Russell Bartlett, so I'll give him the credit for it. But the second point is this, look for the hidden graces in the season. What do I mean by that, the hidden graces? Well, it's quite clear that for most people, this season right now is a difficult season. It's a season of increased isolation and a lot of people find that really difficult. It's a season of uh, financial stress for many people. And obviously that's very difficult. It's a season where many people are underemployed or unemployed. It's a season where people are separated from loved ones. It's a season where, where people can't embrace as they would want to embrace. It's a season where people who uh, perhaps particularly with um, compromised uh, physical health are particularly anxious and concerned about the risk of contracting the virus that is spreading throughout our world. And so it's a, it's a difficult season. But here's the thing. Even in this season, God is still present. God is still at work. And if we look around, we will discover that even in this time, there are hidden graces. There are hidden blessings. The blessing of God is still there. Just... Uh, just two weeks ago, I was, um, I was blessed to be part of an incredible wedding ceremony. As, as Kurt, who, who used to be a pastor here, many of you will know Kurt, uh, and his now wife, Angie, were married. Now, they had amazing plans, as you do for a wedding. They had it all mapped out. They had the dreams. They had the hopes. They had the, the planning done for a beautiful, great wedding with all their family there and all their friends and everything mapped out. And as this coronavirus began to uh, increase and the restrictions increased, slowly, bit by bit, everything that they had planned was taken away. And for a bride, particularly, that's a pretty big thing. Because brides dream about walking down the aisle. They dream about what they're going to be dressed like. They dream about the music that will play. They plan it. They think about it. And we found ourselves in a situation where at very short notice, we had to completely change the plans for the wedding. In fact, on a Friday night, we were talking on the phone and it, we basically came up with, uh, they came up with the question, they said, Mark, could we get married on Sunday? I said, well, I'm preaching in the morning, but I'm free in the afternoon. All right, let's do it. And so on the Saturday, Angie bought a dress. They packed up two houses. They were condensed the plans that were there for a week. They changed just about everything. We went down to Second Valley and on top of a cliff overlooking the beach with uh, half a dozen family members there and Angie's family from America tuning in via a Zoom meeting and uh, Laura and Jordan in Jordan tuning in via a Zoom meeting. They got married. And so much had been stripped away. But do you know what? It was one of the most beautiful weddings I've ever had the privilege to be a part of. Because it just brought it back to this small intimate, relaxed and beautiful celebration of their love for each other. There was a hidden grace. Lots had been taken away, but what remained was beautiful. I know for myself, maybe a little less uh, big than a wedding, but I know for myself, um, my garden has seen more activity than it has in about the last eight years combined. I know that my, um, we've played more board games as a family in the last couple of days and, and we've done more jigsaws than we've done in a lot of time. We're spending more time together. 
So there's hidden graces. There's times when I stopped in the garden and looked around and I thought, this is beautiful. I haven't been in this part of the garden for like years. <laughs> Got quite a big, big garden. Um, and I don't really like gardening, but it's beautiful. There's hidden graces in this season. Um, look for them. They'll be there. Third point is this. Uh, trust that there is a purpose in every single season, including this one. Trust that there is a purpose in every season. And God wants to use this time and he wants to use every time to, to change you and grow you and transform you into his likeness. And I'm certain of this, that God in this season wants to grow you. God in this season wants to teach you. God in this season wants to train you. God in this season wants to equip you. And I also know this, that there is often more that we learn in the seasons of pain and difficulty than we learn in the easy seasons. There's often more that's learned in mourning than in laughing and in times of tearing and then in times of mending, in times of, um, of uh, whatever it is, something, than dancing. The hard times are where we learn more and God uses them more powerfully. For the church in the West, uh, I think Dave mentioned this, this last week, but we have as a church grown so comfortable. Everything's been so easy and we've become quite apathetic and quite self-sufficient. And I believe God's going to use this season to challenge us and put us out of our comfort zone and make us more passionate, make us more dependent on Him and make parents realize that, that they are the primary disciples of their children. And that, that, that marriages need to actually press into growing God together as a couple. And that God's going to use this in a powerful way. You look at the, you look at the actual seasons themselves. In the season of winter, the, the trees, the deciduous trees lose their leaves and they look like they're dormant or even dead. But actually what happens in winter is that the rain comes and it sinks deep into the soil. And so when the heat comes in summer and it hasn't rained for months, the trees are sustained in that season because of what happened in the winter when they're able to sink down their roots deep into the earth and they can draw on that water that was planted there in the time when the tree itself looked dormant or even dead god uses every season i've heard it's spoken about that this is going to be a difficult season this is going to be a season when there might be a lot of marriage difficulties developed because uh, couples are together so much of the time but I would like to believe that this is a season in which marriages are strengthened by being together. And I've heard it said that, that this is going to be a hard time for families and there's going to be an increase in lots of difficulties with families and children and all that sort of stuff. But I want to believe that families will be strengthened through this time. And I believe this will be a time and I want it to see it as a time when we deepen in our faith and dependence on God in this season because there is purpose in every season. God uses it all. The last thing I want to say is this, that if you are struggling in this season, know this, this season will pass. This season will pass. No season is permanent. Whatever time you're facing, everything has its place. There is a time for everything and there is a season for every activity under heaven. If you are in a season of weeping, I can promise you there will be a time when you laugh again. If you're in a season when you are being uprooted, I promise you there will be a time when you are planted again. If you're in a season where things like feel like they're being torn, there will become a time when you are mended. 
and healing comes. If you have been in a season of war, I can promise you that no war lasts forever and that peace will come. No season lasts forever. And our God is a God who turns mourning into dancing and sorrow into joy and trades ashes for beauty. Amen? Amen. God is in the business of restoring hope, bringing transformation and redeeming and lifting people up. This season will not last forever. All right. So that's Ecclesiastes. But I want to finish by flipping it into the New Testament. I want to turn our attention to Jesus. And Jesus is the great exemplar of our faith. And Jesus knew a lot about seasons. You know, Jesus, when he was, was 13, would have gone through the, the stage of the ceremony where he was recognized as an adult and would have probably started working in his teenage years. And he's the son of God who's come to earth to seek and save the lost and to redeem humanity and to give his life as a ransom for many. But what does he do? He spends a whole season of years and years and years just acting under obedience to his father and serving in his trade and just working and preparing for the season of teaching that is to come and then after that season he goes before he actually launches into his public ministry into a season where for 40 days he's in the wilderness and he's tested by satan a season of testing and then he goes into a season of teaching and of healing and he ministers to people as he travels around and but he knows when his time uh when his mission is to be completed, he knows when that is ready and when it's not. There's a time when his disciples go up to Jerusalem. He says, I'm not going with you. He says, because my time has not yet come. But then after three years, what we celebrate on this day, Palm Sunday, is that finally Jesus knew now is the time and he went to Jerusalem and he publicly entered into that city on a donkey, recognized as a king. But he knew as he was People were praising him and putting their palm branches down on the path in front of him. He knew that he was not going to become a king as the people expected, but he was going to become the king of kings because he was going to be arrested and betrayed and tried and crucified on a cross and placed into a tomb. But that would not be the end of the story. He would rise to new and eternal life as the king of kings and the lord of lords and that he would reign forever. And so here's the thing about seasons. Firstly, Jesus knows the season that you're in. If you're mourning, Jesus knows what it is to mourn. And Jesus wept. If you're laughing, Jesus knows what it is to laugh and to celebrate as well. He loved a celebration. Jesus knows the season that you're in and he understands it. But more than that, you see, I did a little bit of uh, year eight science revision this week. And I was kind of thinking, how, what, what actually causes the seasons, right? So I did a bit of a revision, and I discovered this, that the seasons are determined by the relationship of the earth as it tilts in, in relationship to the sun. And as the earth passes around the sun through the course of the year, in the northern hemisphere between, let me get this right, between April and September, the northern hemisphere is tilted closer to the sun, and so they experience summer. And then slowly it tilts back, and through uh, September to April, the southern hemisphere is tilted closer to the sun. So we begin to move into summer and experience that season. And so the seasons find their meaning in relationship to the sun. And I was like, oh, this, this is a preachable moment here. Uh, <laughs> because our seasons, our seasons, your season right now, finds its, meason, its, its meaning in relationship to the Son, Jesus Christ. 
And if you just place yourself at the center of the world and, and kind of think, well, I'm going to maybe allow God to have some relationship to me and maybe orbit, sort of orbit around my world a little bit, you've got it all wrong. No, you need to place Jesus at the center and then allow your whole life to be, to be, to be moving around with him at the very center. And then the seasons, when you do that, then the, then the seasons of life make sense. But if you do anything else, and if you, if you turned away from Jesus, that is when the seasons of life will not make sense. And also, if you're in winter, let me say this. Dave last week gave you the pivot. I'm going to give you the tilt. Okay, it's like some crazy dance that I'm making up. But if you are in a season where you're in winter, and it's dormant, and you're thinking, is this going to last forever? Maybe you need to tilt in. Maybe you need to lean in closer to God, lean towards Jesus and tilt back and draw your strength from the light and from God himself as he begins to take you out of the winter season and lead you into a new season and time. Tilt in. I love that that song that was just sung. That was just one of my favorite ever passages of scripture, which is a which is now a famous blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. May his light give you purpose and meaning in this season. I'm just going to finish with that prayer. If you're struggling in this season, turn your heart, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Put him at the center and allow him to be the one who gives meaning and understanding to the season that you are in. Let him be the one that sustains you through this season. And let him be the one that enables you to grow and be changed more and more to his likeness so that you give glory and honor and praise to him in the season and as you come out of it for his glory. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace this morning, in all times and in all seasons. God bless you. Amen. You've been listening to a sermon from Hills Baptist Church. To find out more or to hear other great content, Find us at hillsbaptist.com or on your podcast app.